Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Good morning. Let's stand to our feet. We, I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be here with the family of God to enter into our Father's house where love originated, where love is waiting for us, where love has open arms. This is our God. So wherever you're at today, whatever it is that you have, know this, in the presence of God, things change. And we don't even know how to understand why or what, but in expectation today, let's come believing for the impossible, for miracles, and for a touch from God. No greater love has no man than he give his whole life for a friend. That is our God. So let's celebrate that love. There's freedom in love. There's everything. There's joy. Come on, put your hands together as we celebrate the love of our Father. Here we go. going to get moving a little bit here. So when we do all around, if you feel comfortable, join in like this. Sing all around, all around. Everywhere I look, your love is all around. All around, all around. Everywhere I look, your love is all around. Sing all around, all around. Everywhere I is 
all around. Everywhere my looky love is all around. Everywhere my looky love is all around. Everywhere my looky love is all around. Everywhere my looky love is all around. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's all around you. Well, welcome everybody. This is Cathedral of Faith where everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect. The love is being lived out all around and where absolutely anything and everything is because we serve an amazing love. Are you, are you grateful that you do so today? Yeah, come on, let's respond to love this morning. You know, there's a passage of scripture it just It's so simple yet so profound. It says that there is no fear in love. It says that perfect love casts out all fear. Has anybody here ever been fearful of anything? Just anxiety of the future, the unknown, the stress of life, responsibilities, relationships, it's all around us, right? But perfect love, perfect love dispels the fear. And I just want you to walk into this space knowing whether you're outside at the drive-in, whether you're watching online, whether you're here in the room or in the amphitheater, that perfect love is all around us. And we can speak to the darkness and tell that fear to, to leave us alone. God's got this. God's got us. So I want to, before we continue to worship the Lord today, I, we just want to declare this over you and we want to pray this over you and pray this with you for all of us, our community. That perfect love would fill this place. Perfect love would fill this church. Perfect love would fill this city. Perfect love would fill the earth. So if you want to touch love today, we invite you to extend your hands heavenward in this moment. Father God, we just declare your love cast out all fear. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you know where we're coming from, God. You know what we're carrying. You know what we're praying and believing for. You know what we're, we're asking for. You know what we're wanting in our hearts and in our minds, and we come against the spirit of fear that would try to tell us that things will never change, that things are only gonna get worse, that it's, it's hopeless, it's a lost cause. But God, we declare your word that perfect love cast out all fear right here, right now, right here in this moment. We declare it, we believe it, we stand on it. And we know that, Lord, when we stand in your love, fear does not have a chance. Fear does not have a chance when it stands against your love. So, Father, we rejoice in that moment 
We rejoice in this truth. And in the name of Jesus, all of God's people said, come on, how about all of God's people celebrate? Come on, give thanks for this truth. Thank you, Lord. Darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know Oh, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken We declare this Cause my feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Hey! Oh, shame no longer has a place to hide. To all those lies I'm not afraid to leave my past behind No, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Come on! My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I Just give him a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just say. 
You know, from the very beginning of Scripture all the way through, it's just laced with the love of God. He loves you. You're His beloved. He loves you with an everlasting love. From the beginning of Scripture all the way through, and you know what? From the beginning of your life, all the way through. That's what God's been trying to communicate to you. He loves you. His love wants to fill you and overflow you. That's the identity. That's the understanding he wants you to have of who you are. From the beginning of your life till now, right, Lydia? Right? Right, Crystal? Right, Laura? Right, Raul? That's God's plan. From the beginning till now, his love would overflow you. You know, the, the longest sermon we have of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, ends with this admonition where Jesus asks a question. He says, what are you standing on? Are you standing on the shifting sand or are you standing on the solid rock? And that's the question right now. What are you standing on? It's that love of God we can stand on. We can know that. We can be sure of that. That's what launched the ministry of Jesus. Before he did anything, the dove came down. The voice said, I love you, son. That's what spurs everything in our lives, to know that we are loved just the way we are and loved by a God whose love is everlasting. Amen? So let's stand on that love today. Well, before you're seated, I want you to turn to three people. How many people? Three people and say, stand strong in the love of God. Hello, Cathedral friends and family, and happy Super Bowl Sunday. We've got some exciting things coming up. Here's what's going on. First off, if you're new around here, welcome. We're so glad that you've joined with us today. We would love to get to know you a little bit more, as well as share with you a little bit more about what we do here at the church. So don't be shy. Go ahead and take out your phone, scan that QR code on the screen, text the number, or see one of our team members. Well, believe it or not, Easter season is just around the corner. And if you'd like to take part in sharing the message of the gospel through our Easter production, whether it be through dance or drama, tech or behind the scenes, you can contact Julie Nguyen at the church office for more information. It'll be a great opportunity to share the good news of Jesus in a fun and exciting way. Well, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Are you looking for a last minute gift? You can register for Ignite. Our marriage conference is just around the corner. It'll be a great way to strengthen your relationship with your spouse. We have some incredible speakers coming, including Gary Chapman. In fact, he was recently talking with somebody you may be familiar with. Are there love languages that don't mesh? Ooh, that's really a good question. What are the two hardest combinations? It's different for every individual. Your number five, that is the one that's least important, yes. will be the most difficult for you to learn. If a couple marries and they both have the same love language, it might be much easier for them. Or if their first is your secondary, it's still gonna be pretty easy. Yeah. 
But if they're number one, one is your number, number five, five. Yes. that's where it's going to be a, a learning curve, stiff learning curve. Okay. But the good news is all of these can be learned. Even if you didn't receive them in childhood, you can learn them in adulthood if you understand why it's important to speak that language. Okay. You had a question for Dr. Chapman, yeah? Yeah, I'd love to know what Dr. Chapman's love language is and also what your wife's love language is. My language is words of affirmation. Well, now. Well, now. <laughs> See, we have something in common. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> and my wife's love language is acts of service. That's why, that's why I wash dishes, I vacuum floors, I carry out the garbage, I live with a happy woman. And she tells me how great I am when someone is, has several that are similar. Uh, once a week, once every two weeks, you say to him, on a scale of zero to ten, how full is your love tank tonight? And he gives you a reading. If it's anything less than ten, you say, what could I do to help fill it? And he gives you an idea. And then you have a choice to do it or not to do it. But he's giving you information that would speak to him on that particular day. And they would be more important than the others. Oh, boy, that'll work no matter what you say, though. <laughs> your love, what can I do to fill your love tank tonight? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's language that works no matter who you're talking to, does it not? We hope that you will join us for this powerful, life-changing opportunity. Diane and I are coming up on 43 years of marriage, and one of the reasons why it happens is because every year we're reading books about marriage, we're going to conferences like this, and I want you to have a marriage that's as fulfilling and fun and loving and life-giving as we have. This is your opportunity to move toward that goal. Amen? So it's gr so great to have all of you with us here today. Whether you're out here in the amphitheater enjoying this beautiful day, or whether you're over there in the parking lot, here in the sanctuary, all around campus, and those online, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. It's so great to have you here with us. What a great church family we get to be part of, amen? It's the flock of God, the temple of God. We are the assembly of the righteous. Now, I'm not gonna ask how righteous do you feel today, but because of what Jesus did, you have his righteousness. And there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that describe what the righteous are like. And one of them comes from Psalm 37, and here's what it says. The righteous give generously. What do the righteous do? The righteous give generously. And in this moment, we get to demonstrate our righteousness by bringing our tithes and offerings. So whether you're there at home and you go to the website or our app, whether you write out a check and mail it or drop it by, or whether you give it to the ushers at the end of the service, this is a moment to demonstrate the righteousness of God. Well, one of my gifts and goals and responsibilities as a pastor is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. You might be going through a situation or circumstance right now that's pretty difficult. But as we focus on the love of God and stand on that, it helps you see your difficult circumstance. And if you're feeling afflicted today, know that you can stand on that love of God because he's the lover of your soul. But my role also is to afflict the comfortable because some of you are so centered in your own life and I'm fine and I don't need anything and I'm all good. We need to remember that it all centers on the love of God. He's the lover of our soul. In just a moment, we're gonna celebrate communion. 
We're gonna take together the body and blood of Christ and prepare for that. It's great to have Demi Ray with us this weekend. She's gonna come and minister a song called Lover of My Soul. Let the Lord prepare your heart and remind you of his love in your life as we prepare for communion.
fall in this place. Fall in this place. What a powerful song, because he's the love of our souls. God, fall in this place. You know, what we pray about reveals a lot about us. What you pray for shows a lot of things about who you are. And as we go through the Bible, there are lots of prayers, prayers of Abraham and Moses and prayers of Jesus. But you know, there's one person who we have more of their prayers than anybody else in all the Bible. And that's the Apostle Paul. And in Philippians chapter three, here's a prayer that he prayed, but because he was anointed by the Spirit and God preserved in the scriptures, this is what the Holy Spirit wants for you. Listen to this prayer. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, may have power to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge. You see, it's not just enough to know up here, to know, oh, God loves me. In this moment of preparing for communion, God wants something to come down deep in our hearts. He doesn't say, I just want you to have a knowledge, but it surpasses knowledge. It's, it's more than you could imagine. It's more than you could ask, more than you could think. And I invite you to stand with me in this moment as we prepare to take the bread and take the cup. This is what Paul wanted for the Ephesians. This is what the Holy Spirit, this is what we want for you in this moment. As we come to the table to celebrate you know, Paul could have just said, I want you to know how high his love is. It's so high. No. He didn't say, I just want you to know how low and how deep it is. No, he's like, it's higher, it's deeper, it's wider than you can imagine. We sang it earlier, all around. It's beside me on the right, beside me on the left, it's behind me, in front of me, it's in me, it's on me, it's going through me. The love of God is something that's far more than we can just grasp here, but we grab hold of in this moment. As we take the bread... It shows us the width of his love. When he went to the cross, those nail-scarred hands took everything that would hinder us from receiving love. The mistakes, the sins, the shortcomings, the attitudes, all those things that would keep us from knowing his love, his hands were wide enough and his body was broken so that whatever you think is separating from God, think again. His love says, I've taken care of it. And that's really what happens in this moment when we come to communion. You might remember when you were going to school, one of the dreaded things you heard a teacher say is you walk in the room, the teacher says, take out a piece of paper, we're gonna have a pop quiz. Ugh, everything sinks. Well, communion is really a pop quiz where God says, okay, how's your attitude? How are you doing? What needs cleaned up? What needs taken care of? what needs released, what, need, what do you need to let go of, what do you need to forgive? And because he forgave us on the cross, because he loves us so much, that's what we do in this moment. Lord, you know any hindrances in our lives that would keep us from receiving your love. You know the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, the mistakes, the sins, and right now we're so grateful that your love is so wide and deep and high and great that we can receive your forgiveness. As you prepare to take the bread, let me declare over you, you are forgiven in Jesus' name. Let's receive the body of Christ.
the bread, the body of Christ shows the width of his love and the blood, the cup shows us the depths of his love. He's got you covered. His blood covers everything. And so whether you're here today in need of a miracle or a breakthrough or a turnaround or healing, wisdom, guidance, direction, he's got you covered. I wanna join with you in this moment. If there's a circumstance that you're wanting to God to cover, I'm just gonna ask you in a moment to lift up that and say, Lord, cover this. If there's a healing you need or someone you know, I, I'm standing here today on behalf of a very dear friend who needs a healing miracle today, Rob Gould. And I'm just believing for that breakthrough. What are you believing for right now? Lord, we just come before you. You know each one of our stories. You know our needs. You know our struggles. You know the miracles that are needed. And we thank you that on the cross, through the miracle of your death and then your resurrection, we thank you that this provision, breakthrough, healing, wholeness, and blessing and favor in Jesus' name. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amazing love. How can it be that Christ, my God, would die for me? Amazing love. Amazing love. Let's just give him thanks and praise for that love. Well, it's the love of God that launches everything. It launched Jesus' ministry career. It's going to launch us into this next year of receiving the power of God. And you're about to get baptized in love as Pastor Ken comes to bring the word of the Lord of love language. We're just diving into 1 Corinthians 13. I'm praying you go out of here soaking wet in the love of God. Amen? So go ahead, take a look at the screens. Here comes the love language. that book uh, the five love languages I thought it was a great book you know and I asked my dad I said dad what's your love language he's like silence I'm like all right cool <laughs> like what do you mean he's like, shh, 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 shh. got it oh that's what we're thinking about the language of love because nothing is more important in your life than learning how to love. In fact, I saw a welcome mat. I wish I could buy it for everybody so you could have it in the front of your home and surround our church with it. And the, the welcome mat said this, love grows here. That when you're learning to live a life of love and growing in a life of love, 
Well, nothing is more important than that. In fact, it's a little bit, Jesus says it's a little bit like a badge. You know, if you see a badge like this, then you know that, well, this person uh, belongs to the San Jose Police Department if they're wearing that badge. Or if you see another badge like this, you say, oh, this person belongs to uh, the San Jose Fire Department. Well, if you see a patch, someone wearing a patch like this, well, they belong to another department. <laughs> the thing is, all of those things, when you carry them, this is who you're representing. Jesus said, he talked to his disciples about a badge. Now, he was talking about love, but he really talked about the badge that they would wear. The people would know that they're his followers, that they belong to him, if they're wearing this badge, in 1 Corinthians, we see this. Or, I'm sorry, John chapter 13, we see this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you, what? Love one another. Love one another. Say that with me. Love one another. That would be the badge, that you belong to Jesus. It's interesting. Jesus did not say that theological uh, arguments would be your badge. He did not say religious activity would be your badge. I mean, good theology and good activity, those are both good things. But he said the most defining thing about your life that will show people that you are my follower, he says, love one another. Nothing's more important than that. And so that's why we're taking time this month to think about the language of love. What does that love, that badge look like? And so I'm gonna invite you to stand one more time and we're gonna look at 1 Corinthians 13. I'm gonna read this to you, but I invite you to follow along wherever you're out on campuses, watching online. So good to have you with us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 reads this way. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Can we give God praise? What a description of love. Now, I'm going to ask you to say that with me, but this time, I want it to be a personal declaration. I want you to own this verse, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit would fill us with that kind of love. So I invite you to say this with me. Everybody, I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. Okay, wait a second. Time out. I have a confession to make. I'm very jealous of those two teams in the Super Bowl today. Should have been my team. So pray for me. Let's continue. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but I rejoice with the truth. I always protect, I always trust, I always hope, 
I always persevere, amen, and amen, let it happen in us. Love grows here. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in time. I thank you for all the wonderful, wonderful folks that are part of the cathedral family and the friends, guests we have here today, those who are with us online. God, I pray that you would take us deeper and further in this journey in learning how to love. Again, God, we know that we can't love like this on our own. It's only your love that takes hold of our hearts and enables us to love in the way that we can transform our world and make our world a better place. So, Father, let that love grow here today in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory and all God's people said, amen. 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 One more time, let's give God praise. Amen. Well, before you're seated, would you look at someone and tell them love grows here? Go ahead. Love grows here. It really does. Love grows here. Now, I have a coin in my hand, and on the coin, well, you've got one side says heads, and one side is tails, and I'm going to ask Jolie to help me out. Jolie, I'm going to flip the coin, and I want you to call heads or tails. All right? Ready? Yes. Heads. heads. It is heads. <laughs> Would you like to kick or receive? I'm sorry, I got football on the brain today. Help me out. <laughs> this right here is the sermon. I want you to think about the two sides of one coin. There's the passive side of love, and there's the active side of love. First of all, let's think about the passive side of love. We read the phrase a moment ago, but let me read it in some different translations. Back to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, love is long-suffering. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love endures with patience and serenity. It reads in another translation, love is large and incredibly patient. That's what love looks like. That is the passive side of love. That patience is an expression of love. I heard about this one couple who went grocery shopping and they had their little toddler with them. And so the dad had toddler duty and he put him in a cart and the mom was filling another cart with groceries. And while they're in the aisle, you know, the dad was saying, don't worry, little Charlie, just keep your cool, little Charlie. You know, take it easy. We'll be home soon. It's okay, Charlie. It's okay. And... Finally, they made their way to the uh, grocery line, and uh, there's a, an elderly woman who had been watching this whole thing take place. And so she said to the mom, she said, you know, it's so wonderful how your husband, you know, was, was so patient with little Charlie. And she said, no, no. She said, my son's name is Johnny, but my husband's name is Charlie. <laughs> Take it easy, Charlie. Take it easy. Being patient. You know, there's a, a verse in Ephesians chapter 4 
we could read it and actually go home. It says, don't be proud at all. Be completely gentle. Be patient. Put up with one another in love. <laughs> Would you say that last part with me? Put up with one another in love. Boy, let's have the benediction and just try to put that into practice this week. You know, it's the dad who's patient with a screaming child or a teacher who's patient with a struggling student or a manager who's patient with a new employee or a driver who's patient in the parking lot after church. <laughs> Anytime I practice patience, I'm learning how to love. And every time I do practice patience, I am, what am I doing? I'm showing restraint. Now, social scientists refer to this as impulse control. Impulse control. Now, you're not born with this. How many parents are in the room? Let me see your hands. Okay, you've had toddlers. And so you recognize that you're not born with impulse control. You know, as a toddler, boy, you just want everything your way right now. And in fact, I saw one mom who was so frustrated with her toddler, she texted one of her friends. She said, I'm done. I'm selling my kid on eBay. <laughs> and her friend said, don't be silly. You made him sell him on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> so we know very well. You don't have to do a study to know that Impulse control is not something you're born with. It's something that you learn over time. But what I found is this, is that even though I'm not a toddler anymore, when something doesn't go my way, I still have a tendency to arch my back and to throw a tantrum. You know, a while back I was playing golf and it was, uh, I was gonna play nine holes and it was a beautiful day. I was going to walk the nine holes, get my 10,000 steps in. And there was a foursome, four players in front of me, and I was by myself. So it was just a wonderful day. I was enjoying it. I was relaxed, connecting with God on the golf course. It was, it was really special. And then this guy in a golf cart is playing behind me. He's one guy. And now he is on my back for every shot. I can't go anywhere because there's four guys in front of me. But he's pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. It's like being stopped at a red light with the guy behind you honking the horn, even though you can't go anywhere. And so now I'm starting to lose my patience. After seven holes, I've had it up to here. And so he comes driving up to the tee, and I'm on the tee, and I'm just about to let him have it to express my impatience with his impatience, and he says to me, I'm having the best game of my life. Can I join you for the next two holes? And he did. And we got to the last hole, and he asked me, and so what do you do for a living? And I cannot tell you how glad I was <laughs> that I did not express my impatience to him at that moment. Yeah. So I know what it is to have that pull, to arch my back. And maybe you do too. And here's one thing that, that helps me. I'm not perfect yet, got a long ways to go. But one thing that helps me in being patient with others is this. 
I remember that God has shown restraint with me. God did not have to put up with me. God should not have put up with me. But somehow the God that we serve, he sees not just where we're at, he sees where we're headed. He sees not just what we're doing wrong, he sees what we're doing right. And so God is patient with us and gives us space and time to grow into the future that he has for us. In Exodus chapter 34, we read this about God. He says, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and I can be trusted. Can we give God praise? Amen. What a God we serve. God has been patient with me. He's shown restraint with me. If God did not have impulse control with me, I'd be in big trouble. And maybe I'm not the only one. And when I remember that I've received the patience from God, and then I, I give to others what I need, what I'm doing in that moment is giving them room to grow. I'm not trying to fix them. I'm not trying to control them. I'm simply giving them space and room to grow into the better future that God has for them. That's one side of the coin. It's being patient. Patient, being patient is the passive side of love. What is the other side of the coin, the active side of the coin, the active expression of love? Well, we read a moment ago, Kindness. Look at what the verses have to say about kindness. In different translations, 1 Corinthians 13 reads, love is kind and thoughtful. In the Phillips paraphrase, it reads, love looks for a way of being constructive. In the Passion translation, it reads, love is gentle and consistently, consistently kind to all. Love is patient and love is kind. That's the active expression of love. Now, I saw this one girl who, on TikTok, she was being asked some different questions, and I just loved her authenticity. Watch the screens, and you can see it for yourself. Maxine, are you smart? Yeah. Are you strong? Yeah. Are you brave? Yeah. Are you pretty? Yeah. Are you kind? I just love that. You know, no pretending there. She just tells it like it is. That's a, that's a spiritual, yeah, that's a spiritual, you know, her authenticity. That's the key to spiritual growth. So, you know, why is kindness so very important? I mean, really. Well, one of my favorite ways of thinking about this is, uh, well, it's, it's discussed in a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And in it, he talks about one of these. I still have football on the brain. <laughs> this is a bank. And we know how a bank works. You put, you make deposits into the bank account. You make withdrawals into the bank account. If you make more withdrawals than you do deposits, can anybody say overdrawn? <laughs> it's not a good thing. 
And what Stephen Covey says is that every relationship, every one of your relationships has one of these. It's an emotional bank account. And there are things that we do that deposit, put deposits into that account. There are things that we do that are withdrawals from that account. Now, if the emotional bank account is high in a relationship, then everything seems to work better. I mean, you're able to resolve conflict more easily. You're able to tackle issues more easily. Everything in the relationship, everything else seems to work better when that emotional bank account is high. So you want to you want to make sure you keep that emotional bank account high. So how do you do that? How do you make a deposit? One of the ways, one of the keys ways is kindness. In fact, Stephen Covey says this. It's a really powerful statement. He says the little kindnesses and courtesies are so important. Small discourtesies, little unkindness, little forms of disrespect make large withdrawals. In relationships, the little things are the big things. That every time you are kind in a relationship, it's making a deposit into that bank account. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Is there a relationship this week that you could creatively come up with a way to express kindness and make a deposit in that bank account since it's Valentine's Day this week. I, I would remember my wife. I have an awesome wife. She's put up with me for 38 years. Are you kidding? She is awesome. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been so blessed. And, and one, one Valentine's Day, she gave me a card, and I'd read what the card says, but it's PG-13, so I can't do that. But... Uh, what she also gave with the card was a bottle, and she put a message in the bottle. She had printed out a, a poem from the computer and stuck a little message inside the bottle. It was so creative, and it meant so much to me. And you know what that was doing? She was putting a deposit into that account. Where's the relationship this week that you could put a deposit into that emotional bank account. In fact, if you really want to challenge, if you really want to challenge, and Cathedral, we're people who like great challenges. Here's what I challenge you to do. Be kind to people who deserve it and be kind to people who don't. Whoa. Jesus once made this radical statement. He said in Luke, the, if we can bring that up, yeah, Luke chapter 36, verse 35. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. Would you, yeah, that's a, yeah, let's give God praise for his word, amen? Our Father is kind, so you be kind. There's really three levels, it seems to me, that you can live your life at. One is that you are unkind to those who are kind to you. That level's way down here. 
Another level is you're kind to others who are kind to you. Now that level is right here. But there's a whole different level that you're kind to others who are unkind to you. And when you move into that realm, you're starting to get a taste of the kind of love we find in heaven. When I give kindness to someone I don't, who, who doesn't deserve it, and I saw one minion, and the minion said this. He said, when killing them with kindness doesn't work, I've heard a baseball bat is quite effective. <laughs> See, when someone is unkind, but instead I respond in the opposite spirit, and I express kindness to them, it's sort of like jujitsu. Now, I've taken martial arts, but I've never taken jujitsu. But what I do understand about it is it's kind of counterintuitive because you don't really attack and strike. Instead, you have your opponent who comes at you and then you use their momentum to take them down. They come at you harsh and you come at them soft and you take them all the way to the ground. The word jujitsu actually means gentle art. And that's what we do when we express kindness. Somebody comes at us harsh and we come at them soft and we take them all the way down to the ground with kindness. It's a gentle art. How could we do that this week? Sometimes what helps me is when I have reminders and there's a statement that... that uh, Mother Teresa, I read that she had on her wall. And I thought to myself, you know what? Let's put that up on social media this week. And if you'd like to join me every day, I'm going to read this as a reminder of the kind of life I'm aiming for. Learning how to love. You can see this statement up on the screen. And if you want to, with your phone, take a picture of it. That may not be a bad idea either. It reads, if you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world you, the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. Because in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. What a powerful, powerful declaration. Between you and God. So let me ask you a question one more time. Do you need to say yes to the patience and the kindness of God? So when speaking of God as kind, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but in the ancient world, boy, there was no concept of the kindness of God. They looked at a rough and tough world and concluded that we serve a rough and tough God. They would tell you, beware of God. And then we come to the God of the Bible. And we see that the God of the Bible is kind. In Romans chapter 2, we read this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? 
Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Does that surprise you? That surprises me. I would expect that the wrath of God is what turns people from their sin. And the wrath of God can turn people from their sin. But instead, the kindness of God is a powerful motivational force in your life and my life that turns us away from sin and the life to pursue the life that God has dreamed for us. Do you need to say yes to the kindness of God today? I'm gonna invite you to stand, or no, in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to stand. Before we do, I want you to hear, I told you I have Super Bowl on the brain today, and I want you to hear from a quarterback. He's not today's Super Bowl, but he's been to the Super Bowl. I want you to hear how an authentic relationship with Christ has made such a difference in his life And after you hear his story, then we're going to pray. Grew up in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Was extremely active in sports. That was pretty much my life. Parents got divorced when I was seven. I was a good kid. I stayed out of trouble. You know, we we went to church. It was kind of just something we did. It's kind of something we checked the boxes, so to speak. And I thought I was right with God because I was a good kid. I listened to what my dad said. I didn't want to get in trouble, didn't want to miss sports, kind of all those things, all those factors in my mind made me think I'm good. And then I go to college. And at that point, it's, okay, you're no longer in your parents' house. It's time to grow up, make your own decisions. I remember one of our first practices. It was a senior quarterback at the time named Dante Perez. He ends up asking me, hey, man, you ever read the Bible? It was our first practice. I just got done learning about two-jet protection and what the X has on the certain plays and all these things. My head's spinning. And he wants to talk about the Bible. And I'm kind of taken back. At the same time, though, I was like, here it is, because I knew God was kind of moving. And from that moment on, him and I started talking. He was a mentor to me. We read the entire New Testament and met up, you know, at least once a week and and talked through the word. And it just came to life to me. You know, it was really eye-opening to me. I always said I was a believer in Jesus, but I didn't really know what he did for me. You know, I thought it was all about what I could do for him. And when that kind of mindset was flipped on its head and that it was already done for me and that it was a thing called grace and I could live for him freely and not out of rules and obligation, it it just changed my life. We were all on this this high as a team, you know, I was, in the MVP conversation and our team was, you know, we just clinched the NFC East and all sorts of good things going and uh, my season was done. And for me, I've I've had a fair share of injuries, but never something like that. Never something where I literally had zero control of my life. I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't get off the couch to go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't just complete control. I had to be surrendered. Believe me, I wasn't the best patient. I was frustrated. I was crabby. It was a trying time. But to look back at it and to see, you know, we go on to win the Super Bowl. Everyone knows that story. And and I was not out there. And to walk through that, um, obviously it was tough at the time. And I still look back and think it was a tough time. But I know God was moving in my life. And he wanted me to know that he loves me so much that my relationship with him is far more important than winning a Super Bowl, than being on that stage in my uniform, than playing in that game, but ultimately playing for his glory and saying, God, your will be done. And just how God has had his hand from that moment on um, in my life, and, and I thank him for it. Amen. The power of Jesus to change your life. I'm gonna invite you to stand wherever you're at. If you'd stand with me, please, and just close your eyes. 
In just a moment, we're gonna go out singing all around. God's love is all around us. But if you'd say, Pastor Ken, I, I've never stepped across the line and become a follower of Jesus. I know about Jesus, but I've never become a follower of Jesus. But I see today the two sides of that coin that God's been patient with me. And God's been kind to me. And today I want to turn my life in that direction away from sin and toward God. And if that's the decision you're making today, would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I'm becoming a follower of Jesus today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Out in the amphitheater. God bless you over here. Out in the amphitheater. Up in the balcony. Say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I'm becoming a follower of Jesus today. Out in the amphitheater, in the car, those watching online, God sees your hand, he sees your heart. Let, let me pray. Father, I thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this wonderful church family. This is a place where love grows here. And Father, today we all declare to you that Jesus is our Savior. We receive him as our Savior, and we confess that Jesus is Lord of our lives. We won't live for ourselves. We'll live for him. He's in charge. God, we thank you for loving us like you do. We thank you for expressing your patience and kindness to us. And now I pray that this week, oh God, you would help us. Lord, there's people in our lives, people in our lives that right now, boy, it's requiring a lot of patience. God, I pray that you would give us the grace we need to give them the patience that they need. And that, Father, that you would help us to express kindness this week over the top to go into a world which is so often unkind and instead infuse it with your kindness. I pray, God, for those that feel like they've just gone too far, they've done too much. Let them know how patient you are with them and that, God, your word says that what you've started in their lives, you will, you will, you will bring into completion. Thank you for that kind of relentless patience that never gives up on us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. You know, if you need prayer after service, our team will be out at the amphitheater at the stage to pray with you, pray for you. Don't forget, you know, sign up for the marriage conference. Uh, we've got an indoor option, outdoor option, in the car option, and an online option. So there's lots of ways you can experience that. And then I want to give, look at, I'll tell you, sweetheart, you have... You have sat there in the second row and listened to Pastor Ken the whole sermon. I want to give you this quarter, okay? And every time you see it, remember about God is kind and God is patient and he loves you and has a dream for your life. Amen? Yeah. And if you want to spend it, that's okay too. Just with inflation, you better spend it fast. It's already 7% less. <laughs> Well, let me speak a blessing over you. Have an amazing day today and tomorrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. 
And this week, especially this week, may you go in the love and the patience and the kindness of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. Continue to have an awesome day.